1: It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today Will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Good morning, and
2: welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here, we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, that's I Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants, Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Incorporated, and which is a member of and Civic and Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. It is cold outside, 29 degrees at my house this morning, and it would be great to see some sunshine this weekend, but I don't think it's going to happen. The weather forecast for the next week doesn't show any sunshine. It shows cloudy day after day, mixed with intermittent rain and and snow. So, the sun. During the day makes all the difference in the world. You know, cloudy and cold is ten times worse than sunny and cold. Maybe if it warms up today, we can get outside for a walk. Until then, we can sit indoors, enjoy a hot cup of coffee, and revel in a certain primitive luxury and enjoying the warmth while looking at the cold outside. Then later today, we could take a look at what's happening in the economy and try to figure out basically what's happening. Uh, Last week, we noted that the new year had started with a mild stock market rally. But now, in week three, the rally has been derailed. It could have been the headline news on Thursday. The headline breaking news on Thursday was America Hit Its Debt Limit, Raising Economic Fears and Setting the Stage. For months of entrenched partisan warfare, boy, so scary. The news said that the United States hit a debt record uh, on Thursday of 31.4 trillion, and if you divide that by, I think there's 300 and uh, 330 million of us in the United States, that means. Uh, 94500 for every man, woman, and child in the United States. Uh, my only question is, will they take a check? <laughs> you know, that's promoting the, the, the prompting the Treasury Department to begin using a series of accounting maneuvers to ensure the federal government can keep paying its bills ahead of what's expected to be a protracted fight over whether to increase the borrowing cap. In a letter to Congress, Secretary Treasury Janet Yellen said that the government would begin using what is known as extraordinary measures to prevent the nation from breaching its statutory debt limit, and asked lawmakers to raise or suspend the cap so that the government could continue meeting its uh, financial obligations. Uh, Secretary Yellen suggested that, with some adjustments, our real rendezvous with disaster could be postponed until June. So June is, you know, date X. Now, even this date is considerably earlier than many assumed in the middle of last year. And that's basically due to the uh, the efforts of the Federal Reserve and their aggressive tightening. And to uh, give you some background on this borrowing cap, the aggregate uh, debt limit or total amount of money that the federal government is allowed to borrow was first established in 1917 but recently it has been raised or suspended 102 times since World War two. Most recently it was raised to 31.385 trillion in December of 2021. so raising the debt ceiling basically always results in a confrontation between the political parties, Uh, The new Republican House of Representatives has vowed that they won't raise the borrowing limit again unless President Biden agrees to steep cuts in federal spending. Uh, Mr. Biden has said he will not negotiate conditions for a a debt limit increase, uh, arguing that lawmakers should lift the cap with no strings attached. Well, that's a good start to negotiation. Uh, While everyone agrees that the failure to raise the debt ceiling by June would be a disaster, most are confident that a deal uh, can be hammered out by June for the 103rd time. Uh, There'll be a lot of political theater between now and June. And uh, if you recall, there was a bout of brinkmanship in 2011 between the uh, House Republicans and uh, President uh, Barack Obama. Uh, which nearly ended in the United States defaulting on its debt before uh, Obama agreed to a set of caps on future spending increases in exchange for lifting the limit. You know, basically, it's kind of strange. While While a failure to increase the debt ceiling is the most immediate fiscal threat to the economy and markets in 2003, damage could be done either by Continuing to neglect deficits altogether, and just keep on free spending, or by inflicting very sharp fiscal tightening on the economy, which is now thoroughly hooked on on monetary and fiscal stimulus. Moreover, debt ceiling theater has always acted as an easy distraction for those who want to be focused on managing the federal budget in a responsible way. So. You know, basically, nobody wants to be blamed for the U.S. defaulting on its debt. So both parties really fight hard about this. But they finally agree to a compromise, but, which is what we expect by June, you know, basically for the 103rd time. And the real problem is the deficit spending. This deficit spending has led to a, a debt of $31.4 trillion or approximately hundred thousand dollar debt for each man, woman, and child alive in the United States today, and that doesn't include what's going. What is it going to take to fix uh, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, or whatever government programs? They're basically underfunded, and by underfunded, I mean they made promises of benefits in the future, but when you look at the funding. Uh, they can't meet those promises for the, you know, for the next fifty, seventy years. They're, they can meet it for a few years, but there's going to come a uh, a time when everybody's got to fix these problems. So when when are we going to put all these problems, all these dollar debts on the on the table, and uh, need to get serious about uh, the spending in the uh, federal government? So. Uh, <clears throat> it's ha- it's going to happen sooner or later. <laughs> it's not going to happen by June. I'll guarantee you that. But uh, you know w- what we're seeing is that uh, this this happening is just happened, Looks like it's happening every two years here. Uh, this week, global equities were mixed for the week. In the United States, the three major stock indices, the Nasdaq. Uh, uh, composite was up, while the Dow Jones and the Standard & Poor 500 were both down for the week. While in the U.K., the FTSE 100 was down for the week. And in the European Union, both Germany's DAX and the, and the stock Europe 600 were both down for the week. So it was tough going for the U.S. and for uh, the European Union and U.K. But in Asia, Japan's Nikkei 225 was up for the week. While in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong Hang Seng were both up for the week. On Friday, uh, the three major U.S. stock indices closed for the week at the Dow Jones closed at 33,375.49, and that was down uh, 2.7% for the week and up uh, 0.69% year to date. Uh, since january first. Uh standard and four or five hundred uh closed at three thousand nine hundred and seventy two point six one and it was down zero point six six percent for the week uh and up uh three point four seven percent since January first. The NASDAQ uh, closed at eleven thousand one hundred and forty point four four and that was up uh, 0.55 percent for the week and up 6.44 uh, percent year to date. So uh, in this new year, uh, the Federal Reserve continues to drive the bus, uh, just like they did last year. But now with the higher interest rates, they're, they're getting more dangerous. Uh, presently, the federal funds rate is in the channel between four and a quarter percent and four and a half percent. And that was as of their last meeting in December, with plans to add another three quarters of a percent sometime in the first quarter, in this quarter that we're in right now. Most estimates show increases of a quarter percent at the next uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting on January January 31st and February 1st. And another one quarter of a percent, or maybe one half a percent, at the following open market committee meeting on I think it's March 21st and 22nd. Or you know, you know, nobody knows whether it's going to be a quarter and and then a half, or a half and then a quarter. But the estimates are that they're going to increase it by three quarters of a percent uh, in these next two meetings, and. uh so then by the by the uh, after the March meeting the federal funds rate will be in that channel between 5% and 5 and a quarter percent which for all intents and purposes from what you're hearing uh, is where they want it to be uh figuring that we will possibly let it stay there and see what happens strictly because of the uh, long-term impact of uh, their actions uh, the Federal Reserve makes a move and uh, there are some reactions that, that happen immediately, but there's other reactions that uh, take, you know, maybe as, as long as six months to a year to happen. So uh, both the economy and the stock market are basically feeling the pressure. Uh, the increase in the interest rates last year, uh, that basically ended the 3% mortgage rates for 30-year mortgages. and. Pushed the um, pushed the thirty-year mortgage rates uh, up to seven percent in the summertime. They've now come down since then, uh, but they've definitely impacted new construction as well as existing home sales. And uh, and then, you know, with regard to existing home sales, there was both good news and bad news. Uh, the sales of previously owned U.S. houses fell in December to the lowest pace in over a decade, uh, tapping one of the housing market's worst years on record, a bit of rapid jump in the mortgage rates. And according to the National Association of Realtors, uh, contract closings uh, decreased 1.5% uh, to uh, an annualized pace of $4.02 million last month. That's an annual number. And uh, that is the slowest pace uh, of sales since uh, 2010. Uh, the comparing home sales for all of 2022 versus 2021, we see that uh, sales of previously owned homes, which make up basically most of the housing market, uh, they're about 90 percent of the housing market, uh, slid 17.8 uh, percent in 2022 from the prior year. So uh, December marked the 11th straight monthly decrease in sales. And that's the longest streak of declines on record going back to 1999, according to the National Association of Realtors. So the housing market's rapid slowdown it was basically driven by the Federal Reserve's effort to cool the economy and curb inflation. They've been Raising the interest rates and the mortgage rates climbed from, I think it was 3.1% at the end of 2021 to 7.08% uh, in October. That was a 20 year high. Uh, the average rate on a 30 uh, year fixed mortgage declined to about 6.15% this week. And that's the lowest rate since uh, uh, September. Uh, so much for the bad news. The good news is basically um, with the sales down, uh, the prices are not the median prices are not going up, increasing as fast as before. So they're still going up, but uh, not as fast as before. So you're talking about, well, we'll get into the details later in the show. In addition, Uh, New home construction, of course, has also been taking a hit from the higher mortgage rates. And in December, both the permits and uh, starts for new construction, Uh, considering what happened in just December from November, permits were down 1.6% and starts were down 1.4%. But it gets worse. Uh, New home construction in December. Uh, compared to a year ago, December, uh, shows that the permits were down 29.9% and the starts were down 21.87%. So that gives you a a feel for what's happening in the uh, new home construction. They're taking a beating. And the home construction industry has evolved with the Higher rates, and they're basically turning their attention from single-family homes to multifamily homes, and basically that's to address the affordability problem. A multifamily home is cheaper than a single-family home, and, uh, and also the when you tag on the uh, the uh, monthly payment that you got going from a three uh, percent rate to a six point one five percent rate. So the idea for if you want to get the most house, it's going to be a multifamily house. And uh, if you compare uh, what happened in 2020 with what happened in 2021, uh, what we're seeing is single-family homes, the permits uh, were down 12.9%, and for multifamily homes, the permits were up 9.9%. And as far as starts are concerned, the single-family home starts uh, were down 10.6%, and the multifamily starts were up 14.5%. And we'll get into that later in the show. We'll get into the details of of, uh, what's happening in that area. The rest of the economy... You know, it's basically a kind of a testimony to what interest rates can do uh, in terms of the rest of the economy. the rest of the economy is slowing down. Uh, retail sales in December, they, they fell at the sharpest pace of 2022, uh, marking a dismal end to the holiday shopping season. as rising interest rates, still high inflation. Latest inflation numbers show uh, 6.5% over the last uh, 12 months. And concerns about uh, slowing economy uh, pinched uh, American consumers. In other words, basically, uh, the American consumer, uh, uh, they, they got through the, we all got through the, uh, the COVID situation when they, there was a lot of government stimulus Floating around, so and there was very little opportunity to spend money during the COVID. So uh, consumer savings went up, but now uh, now that the government payments are uh, a thing of the past, what you're seeing is that uh, uh, the uh, consumer savings are going down, uh, and uh, what you're also seeing is the use of credit is going up. So. Uh, purchases uh, in terms of uh, uh, purchases at stores, restaurants, online declined to seasonably adjusted 1.1% in December from the previous month. And the sales are also revised lower for uh, November and have fallen, sales have fallen three of the last four months. So, well, uh, it's obvious that, uh, hey, um, increasing interest rates is slowing this economy down. In other areas, you look at industrial production numbers came out this week. Industrial production numbers were down uh, seven-tenths of 1% in December from November. And uh, if I look back, uh, compare a year ago... Uh, industrial production was only up 1.6% from December a year ago. So these are not uh, adjusted for inflation numbers. These are numbers that, uh, in dollars, nominal dollars. So uh, we'll get into the details of that later in the show too. Uh, Thus far, companies have been able basically to protect their earnings by raising their prices. In other words, if, uh, you know, we start. We saw this in January, in, in the, basically the spring of 2022. You know, the uh, uh, companies increased their prices, and uh, uh, we were caught flat-footed. Uh, uh, supermarkets were emptying out, and companies were looking at inventories that were altogether too low. So, the going thing was, hey, we'll we'll pay whatever is necessary to build up our inventory. Now uh, people have their inventory built up. So now it's um, what you're seeing is now companies are planning that to, when they start to plan to increase the cost or increase the prices, suddenly they're meeting resistance and uh, uh, new increased prices are met with reduced orders or basically uh, shifting suppliers. So, uh, what you're ending up with right now is a posture where you've got ample supplies in most areas. There's still a few areas that they're short on, but, uh, most areas you've got ample supplies. And, uh, uh, you've got a customer there that has his inventory built up and he's, he's, uh, watching his penny, pennies now because his savings are going down and he's looking at, uh, these uh, uh, these uh, companies plans for layoffs so just about all the large companies and all the, the business owners have basically said that uh, uh, we don't know whether there's going to be a real recession or not but uh, we think there is going to be. we got a plan uh, for a real recession so they're planning in terms of uh, uh, the high tech companies like Amazon, Google, and all the rest of them, even Microsoft, they're putting uh, layoffs. So, you know, layoffs are coming down ten thousand layoffs at a batch. So uh, it's only going to get worse as uh, as it becomes more difficult to protect that bottom line. Because like last year, you could increase the prices. This year, you can't increase the prices as much. So, where you, what are you going to do to protect your earnings? Well, you've got to cut your costs, and cutting the costs means uh, generally means cutting the labor. So, uh, and that is that fits right in with the Federal Reserve's plan, because the Federal Reserve uh, months ago said that uh, one of the problems in getting inflation down to two percent or three percent is going to be uh, you've got uh, raises. That are in the five and six percent over the last twelve months. So, if you had raises that high, you got to get those raises down to two or three percent in order to get overall inflation down. So, you could see it coming. So, um, this is you know, um, <laughs> it's a slow motion train wreck. So, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to uh, Get Rid Slow. You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. Now stay tuned. I'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
1: Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Gilbert Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440 647 2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalise.
2: Get with slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAulese. Uh We've been talking about what's happening in the big picture, uh, the macroeconomics, and uh, uh, it's basically uh, we're uh, the Federal Reserve has done its heavy lifting in terms of its increasing uh, interest rates, and uh, it's got a little bit more to go, but the uh, action has has slowed the economy down considerably and uh, uh, brought the uh, demands down to the point where uh, they're mostly in equilibrium with the supply. So that's good for inflation. But uh, So to me, it's it's a case of uh, looking forward. And in looking forward, uh, most companies' CEOs uh, anticipate a uh, recession uh, not because they're totally believers in that, but also, hey, you've got to you've got to act prudently, and uh, they're they're taking action now to make sure that uh, they're not embarking on any major expansions or uh, making commitments now that will prove uh, ridiculous later if we do get into a recession. So they're they're preparing for a recession and. Uh, uh, that's going to that's going to impact the uh, the stock prices in the, this first half of the year. But hopefully, it'll get down. Inflation will get down to the, uh, the meaningful levels of two or three percent by the second half, by the third quarter of this year. At which point, uh, uh, there'll be opportunities there to uh, uh, get back into the market too. And as far as bonds are concerned, bonds, are, uh, uh, most of the movement in bonds is taken over already, and uh, uh, what you're seeing is it's kind of a stability in the bond markets right now. So, in any case, uh, when you take a look at the big picture, uh, that's, it gives us an idea of, of what's the moving our investment. But the even more important is your own financial plan, they call it the, the microeconomics. And basically that always starts with your basic goals and uh, you have to be able to visualize where you're gonna go. Uh, if you don't know where you're gonna go, any map any, any direction will take you somewhere. Uh, so visualize where you're gonna go, where you're gonna go in terms of a life, the standard of living. Uh, a family, a, a career, a business—all uh, these things—and uh, and it all ends up somewhere sooner or later at retirement, and uh, which is one of the biggest expenses of them all. Uh, in terms of when you're ready to jump off uh, into retirement at age, let's say, sixty-five or seventy, uh, then uh, you should. Uh, have some confidence that you've got enough money between your, uh, 401k or 403b or your, uh, your nest egg and your, um, social security payments. And your, if you do have a pension that you'll be able to uh, have a secure retirement for the next 30 years. So that last paycheck is, is, uh, a real event, uh, so what you do is say, okay, these are my plans. I've got to fund these plans. Uh, it doesn't make any difference whether I put them on a sheet of paper. I really have to have the dollars there when the time comes. Uh, in the in, in close, the short-term plans are hey, money for a car, money for a wedding, money for a, a home, money for a uh, second home. And then... Uh, what you have to do is sit down and talk about how you're, how do you feel about investments? So you you want to, what's it going to take uh, to be able to take your income and, and decide in terms of uh, uh, savings and watch it grow to the point where you, 20 or 30 years or five or 10 years from now, you've got enough money to um, feel secure in basically every time and of course along the way you have to prepare for the unforeseen uh, unknowns in terms of life insurance everybody you could get run over by a bus or something like that or uh even liability in other words the kids take a car out with a, with a bunch of other kids and get in a race with the train and who's going to pay the bills on this one so uh and then there's also estate planning in terms of uh, how you're going to transfer the money to those that you want to transfer it to. So all these are things that are you know under uh, you know the financial planning umbrella, and you basically have to learn about uh, budgets. First place you start is your own budget. Uh, what does it take to run your household now? What's it going to take in the future? uh, Would be if you retire. When you retire, do you want to splurge on travel and things of this nature, or what? Really, how do you want to do this? So, and to me, it's uh, uh, diversification, uh, risk tolerance, uh, uh, looking at different investments and things of this nature. So. It's important though, to do your financial planning. Write it all down. Uh, have a plan, a roadmap for the future. It takes work at the beginning of it, but once you once you develop the plan, then the plan uh, you know, it should be good for the next 40 or 50 years. Now, you might have to modify it a little bit, to, you know, uh, uh, tweak it a little bit, but uh, uh, you've thought about. Most of the things that you want to accomplish in life, and uh, it gives you a platform by which you can uh, choose between uh, different aspects. If I want to buy something, if I want to buy a, a vacation home versus uh, uh, renting a, a, a home or renting a house for a vacation, uh, what are the ups and downs of it? And What am I going to give up? And What am I going to get? It gives you a foundation for being able to go through those endeavors, too. So, to me, uh, financial planning is basically the the bedrock uh, of your planning the rest of your financial life, Uh, and there's a lot of intricate steps into it, and basically, that's what we do for our clients. So... uh, we, we talked about, uh, in the start of the show, we talked about what's happening in existing home sales, and to give you an idea of where we're at with regard to that, uh, according to the National Association of Realtors, uh, existing home sales, which are basically completed transactions as opposed to acceptances uh, uh, subject to financing and inspection. and. and Existing transactions for single-family townhouses, condos, and co-ops, all of that sales, uh, completed sales, decreased 1.5% in December from November. And uh, uh, what you're seeing is Lawrence Young, the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors, commented that December, quote, December, was another difficult month for buyers. Who continued to face limited inventory and high mortgage rates. Now, Lever, he expected sales to pick up again soon, since mortgage rates had markedly declined after peaking late last year. That was the seven percent that I referred to, and that happened in October. And now it's down to, I think it's down somewhere around uh, um, six and six and one eighth or something like that, six point something. And uh, what you're seeing is one problem that uh, he referred to is the inventory, the reduced number of homes for sale. And uh, at December, uh, the number of homes for sale was down 13.4 percent from November, and uh, the unsold inventory was at a 3.9 month supply at the current sales price. So sales are down, but uh, even, uh, in, in terms of how much supply is there out there, in terms of homes, that's down to three months, and it was down from three point three months in November. And uh, uh, but uh, even new home, even as new home prices continue to increase, um, but not as fast as before. So uh, the median existing home price in, in December was three hundred sixty-six thousand. 900, which was an increase of 2.3 percent from December a year ago. A year ago, it was 358,800, and uh, this is true basically across the across the United States in terms of, uh, of how prices for housing were going up. And uh, but Lawrence Young feels that there'll be bargains in the future. Uh, according to him, he quote, uh, home prices nationwide are still positive, though just mildly uh, markets in roughly half of the country are likely to offer potential buyers discounted prices compared to last year. Uh, and in today's markets, uh, continues to move fast uh, such that properties typically remain on the market for 26 days in december and that uh, was up from 24 days in november and uh percent 56 of the homes that were sold in december were in the market for less than a month so they're moving uh, not as fast as they were a year ago when they had three percent uh in bidding wars and everything else but they're still moving and uh And basically, first-time home buyers are still in the market. They they constitute 31 percent of the sales in December. And uh, uh, the need is if we uh, sales have been slowing dramatically when the 30-year mortgage rate moved from three to 7.2. Now it stands at 6.15 percent. In the case of the Single-family home sales, single-family home sales across the nation are down 1.1% in December from November and 33% from December a year earlier, and the median existing single-family home price was 372700 in December, and that was up 2% from December a year ago, and uh, If you talk about uh, breaking down into uh, the four regions of the country, the Northeast, the Midwest, the South, and the West, uh, we see that uh, existing home sales in the Midwest fell 1% uh, in December from November and fell 30.3% from one year ago. And in addition, the median price in the Midwest was $262,000 and that was up 2.9% from December a year ago. If you look at different parts of the country, the northeast sales were down uh, 1.9% in December. 28.8% uh, sales were down from a year ago. Median price was 391,400 and that represented a 1.6% increase over the past year. The south uh, sales were down 2.2% the last month, 33.1% from a year ago. They, uh, the uh, median house price was 337900 and that was 3.5% above what it was a year ago. And in the West, uh, the sales were flat in December versus November, but they were down 43.4%. From the previous uh, uh, December, and the uh, median prices were stood at five hundred fifty-seven thousand nine hundred, and that was approximately the same price as uh, last year. So, and uh, the best bargains in, the, in basically in the United States are in the Midwest, where the median price is uh, two hundred and sixty-two thousand and dollars, and I see. Uh, northeast is 391,000, uh, South is 338,000, and the West is 558,000. So, uh, give me an idea of of uh, what the prices have been doing uh, each month. In December, the, uh, these are not prices; these are sales. Sales in December were down one and a half percent from the previous month. Down 34% from a year ago. November they were down 7.7 uh, from the previous month. 35.4 from uh, November a year ago. October was down 5.9%, and uh, from November and 28.4% from a year earlier. So, uh, to me, uh, uh, the home, home existing home sales. Uh, is taking a beating right now and, and, uh, uh, people are taking a look, hard look at, uh, uh, multifamily homes, uh, basically rather than the single family home. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Now stay tuned. I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, this is Jim Macaulay. If you're listening to Get Rich Flow, you give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one 888 281 One of the things we talked about, I don't know if we talked about this before, not industrial production. You know, it's basically, <clears throat> everything is slowing down. Uh, we just talked about home prices, and we talked about existing homes, but the same thing... You could also say about the new construction home, they're also slowing down. And uh, with regard to industrial production, it's it's slowing down too. The Federal Reserve Bank reported in their industrial production and capacity utilization for December that the industrial production decreased uh, seven cents of one percent in December from November, and. Uh, that's after industrial production in November was down six tenths of a percent from October. So, uh, and basically, the in December the industrial production was only up one point six percent from December a year ago. I remember with those numbers at one point six percent was probably more like seven percent, but no more. Now it's getting down much lower. In addition. Capacity utilization decreased to 78.8 in December from 79.4 in November. So, uh, you know, we're not, we're still producing more than we did in, uh, you know, before the COVID. Uh, but uh, what we're doing is saying, hey, uh, the, when the Federal Reserve goes through their uh, industrial production, they have uh, manufacturing, which is basically they count for 75%, mining, which which is 15%, and utilities, which is about 10%. So manufacturing decreased 1.3% in December, and then uh, it was down a half of 1% from a year ago. And you saw that from the Institute of Supply Management, as well as the uh, standard and Poor global numbers which showed that uh, manufacturing is off uh, and has been off for several months. And to me, it's almost natural in the sense that what you had was uh, uh, during the COVID times, uh, there wasn't any restaurants or, or travel or anything like that. So people spent their money on goods, but now they're spending their money on travel and and uh, restaurants. So, uh, the manufacturing is taking a hit, but there's more to it than that. It's, it's, uh, it's certainly going down because the demand is going down for manufactured goods. And uh, the only ones that really look uh, good in terms of uh, the industrial production are the utilities, uh, month over month they went up, but uh, that's, that's electricity and natural gas. They went up close to 4% in December from November and close to 10% from uh, de- December of uh, 22 to December of 21. So uh, let's take a uh, let's take a few minutes and go to our phones. Hello, this is Jim McAlee. Can I help you? Hello.
0: Hi, uh, Jim. I'm not sure if yes, you talk- sir. talking to me.
2: Yes, yes.
0: Go ahead. Oh, hi. How are you yes. doing? I'm doing yourself. Okay. Great, great. I'm one of the few people, I'm a real estate broker in Cleveland, and I'm I'm what I'm the type of person that listens to your numbers and I love I love those numbers, but I, I'm sure they they put people to sleep, you know, but um, oh, yeah. I was wondering what your source your source is, because uh those are really accurate numbers and they're and they're hard to get sometimes, especially now, because uh, you know, we were high and high, and then we're going low and low, and it's hard to hard to figure out where you're at.
2: Okay. Uh, those numbers came from the National Association of Realtors, and they they both oh, okay. put out on the O'Connor Day uh, broadcast. Uh, let me let me ask you: You're in the in the middle of this uh, real estate battle. Uh, what are you seeing out there? What are you seeing in terms of? Uh, People want to buy houses, uh, uh, you know, but they're they're face to face with the increased uh, mortgage rates. Uh, how they how they how they fare it, uh, you know? Tell me about you know, what's going on out there.
0: I I feel like I mean as, as recently as a month ago, one of my realtors. I have about twenty two realtors. A, a month ago, one of my realtors wrote an escalation clause and I was like, you know, are we still doing this? I mean, we're, we're kind of, you know, the market's like a train, right? It doesn't just slam on the brakes and make a left turn. It, it slowly veers
1: Mm -hmm. around.
0: So here two months ago, we were still making escalation clauses in a multi offer situation while we're starting to get phone calls of people saying, Hey, you know, I, I bought this house over the summer. It seems like it's gone down you know, 30,000 since I bought it. And it's like, well, yeah, but you know, you wanted that house. There was six other bids on it and we had to be mm-hmm. aggressive. And so you're kind of in a strange middle thing. i obviously we're going down the numbers. You just read off 30%. Those are, you know, that's a big drop, but yeah, it, it was just so aggressive for. So it, it reminded me of 2005 and six. I felt like it was so familiar.
2: You know, people were just. I've heard that comment before. You know, I've heard that comment before in terms of uh, when it's hot, it's hot, and when it's not, it's not. I mean, uh, the mortgage companies were going great guns, and uh, the realtors were going great guns, and uh, then it's uh, basically slowed down now. I remember. (sighs) Who was it? Okay. Rocket, Rocket Mortgage.
0: Remember they said. Remember they said that they've, you know, well, we don't know who the appraiser is anymore, so we can't really influence them. And that's true. I I would hate to be an appraiser right now because how are you going to get at, you know, it's so hard. They're looking at the numbers over the summer and then somebody puts their home up for sale, let's say in Strongsville or Medina or Mentor, and all of a sudden it's down by 10 or 15%, but you know, the homeowner is pointing to that home in their development that was let's say 335 345 and now the appraiser says i know but now it's worth 325 and that, everybody gets mm-hmm. mad at the appraiser the realtors and i was like <laughs> hey you know you're and it's like it is what it is you know and and mm-hmm. of course the homeowners points to the nicest home in the development you know i sure, always say homes sure are like is. children
2: <laughs>
0: people aren't very objective there there's two things people aren't yeah. very objective about It's their children and their homes
2: uh, <laughs> right? Go they trying to tell them the yeah, truth I know.
0: It's, yeah. it's like you no know
2: that's not tell right. The truth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> so, but it's so good the, info. He,
2: yeah, and you're right on the money with it.
0: those numbers, I believe.
2: It, it, it's a uh, those numbers are real numbers and they are uh, really hard to digest for a lot of people. Uh, the one thing that comes across in the whole thing is that uh, uh, we are in a wonderful position relative to the rest of the country in terms of
0: oh, housing yeah. value. No, Cleveland, Cleveland is so much better than everywhere except Detroit. But Detroit's kind of rough. So Cleveland's where you get higher quality. You know, you know the thing I've been telling people, and I, I, I. Okay, I had one guy do it where. um I said, is there any way you could sell your home now, and wait six months? And one guy did it. He moved his family into a rental, and I heard you mentioned the multifamily. It, it, if you could do it, and I know that's hard for an average family, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: I, I think that would be the strategy to try and. If you, I mean, if you're still selling right now, you're you're in the drop. But really, if you if you could sell it last summer, and then hold out in a rental, and then buy. You're right. Sell
2: high, buy low. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I think it it would be worth it to stay in an Airbnb. Some people can do that. I don't think most people can. Most people can handle that. You've got all the issues of children and schools and, you know, just about everything else. So, okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, great show, though. I I (laughs)
0: just came across it, and I love your show. (laughs) Thank
2: you. I appreciate it, all. you take care now. Have a uh, good day. Oh, you too. This Thank is, you so much. This, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. And we talked about manufacturing, manufacturing being down and stuff like that, uh, the uh, Empire State Manufacturing Index came out and that was put out by the New York uh, Federal Reserve Bank. And basically, what that shows is that uh, manufacturing in uh, New York is under a hell of a lot, under a lot of pressure. Uh, basically, what they do is take a survey of different uh, executives in there and they take a look and they say is this month better than the last month, better or worse new orders are are much worse, new orders coming in are much worse in January than they were in December shipments are are much worse, Uh, backlogs are are going down which is always something that will catch a manager's eye prices paid are still high. Prices received are still high. The unemployment is is steady, and probably until that backlog gets down to the danger point, at which point you're going to see that uh, labor force uh, get smaller and smaller, too. So, uh, <clears throat> just uh, manufacturing is in trouble everywhere. This is Jim McAleese. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. back again with a The new year has arrived and most of us are beyond grateful to leave the old one behind. But this new year brings with it a hope for a new beginning. Today presents an opportunity to discard old habits for healthy new ones. Here's some new year's resolutions. And uh, this was put forth by dear Abby years and years ago. It's called Just for Today. I will live this I will live this day only. I will not brood about yesterday or upset about tomorrow. I will not set far reaching goals or try to overcome all of my problems at once. I know that I can do something for 24 hours that would overwhelm me if I had to keep it up for a lifetime. So just for today, I will decide to be happy. I will not dwell on thoughts that impress me if my mind fills with clouds i'll chase them away and fill them with sunshine just for today i'll accept what is i will face reality i will correct those things that i can correct and accept those that i can't and just for today i will improve my mind i will read something that requires effort thought and concentration i will not be a mental loafer and just for today I'll make a conscious effort to be agreeable. I will be kind and courteous to those who cross my path, and I will not speak ill of others. I will improve my appearance, speak softly, and not interrupt with somebody else is talking. Just for today. I will refrain from improving anybody but myself. I will do something positive to improve my health. If I'm a smoker, I'll quit. And I will get off the couch and take a brisk walk, even if it's just around the block. You've got to start somewhere. Just for the day, I will gather the courage to do what's right and take responsibility for my own actions. And, and look at all those things that we talked about in terms of just for today, concentrate on it. Do a good job on it. Don't get distracted by all the other things. And until we meet again next week for more of Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. Arias.
1: You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and in leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.